0: Are you an avid DFS player? Maybe you're new to the fantasy world and you want help on the game. No matter your level, FanCaveDFS.com has all the information you need to get a leg up on the competition and start winning big money today. Become a premium member at FanCave DFS and gain exclusive access to pro charts, open forums between you and FanCave's pro writers, and so much more. Become a premium member now and let FanCaveDFS.com help make you a winner. Down, spinning, look at the uh, job to create space. Put it in the book and send that young man to the line. Boy, is he fun to watch. 3.51. Tony Allen, slapped away by Carly Stein. To the floor he dives. What an effort! Collison, the lob, oh! Beautiful basketball by the King. Richardson changing directions. And getting to the basket and scoring. How about the rookie Malachi Richard? You're now listening to the King's Court on Dash Radio, presented by SackKingsNation.com. Here are your hosts, Vince Miracle and Joe Morgan.
1: What's going
2: on, everybody? Welcome to the King's Court here on Dash Radio. I'm your host, Vince Miracle, and joining me this week is HoopMag.com writer Joshua Eberle. Josh, what's going on? Not much, man. Been a while. Happy to help back on. I know I miss I miss my Canadian friend over here. I, <laughs> we've been debating a little bit online on if the Kings should uh, trade Willie Cauley-Stein for Jabari Parker. We're gonna get into that a little bit later, but uh,
1: oh yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: But uh, you know, it's it's the start of a new year. It's it, before we get into February, we start talking about the people that we love and stuff like that because of Valentine's Day. What was your New Year's resolution?
1: I had a couple, so I wanted to be a better human being every day, which I feel like is cheesy, but everybody should kind of have that goal.
2: You're coming um, on the show, <laughs> so it's working.
1: <laughs> yeah, there, so there's that. Um, I wanted to learn French. Canada is officially bilingual. Uh, I only speak English, so I've been plugging away on that, but it'll probably be more in the summer. We'll put in the hard time. And yeah, those are my two main goals. Well, bonjour,
2: wee wee PV. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, this week on the show, you know, I, I, I definitely wanted to have someone on that covers the entire NBA, someone like yourself, just because there's so much, I would say, rumors and speculation on what teams should be doing near the February 8th trade deadline. Now that's been pushed up, but not a lot of actual trade rumors. That may, I mean, the biggest one just so happened to be the, between the Cavs and the Kings, and and their interest in trading for George Hill. But now you're hearing from Cleveland.com that that might have changed that now, you know, the the deal between the two may be further apart than actually on that one one yard line like Brian Windhorst was reporting. Um, So I think that having someone like you on, we can start speculating on what certain teams should do. And and I think the first team we should definitely start with is the Sacramento Kings. And this is where we're going to start with my trade that I think the Kings should consider doing, which is trading Willie Cauley-Stein. For Jabari Parker. Now, I don't remember what the whole package was. I think it was like Willie Cauley-Stein and Garrett Temple for Jabari Parker. And then you draft – and it was Jabari Parker and I think like Tony Snell or Jason Terry or something. And then you draft DeAndre Ayton. That's the whole point. That's the deal. Okay.
1: <clears throat> There's a couple things here for me. One, you don't know what Jabari Parker looks like coming off the second terrible ACL injury. And that's kind of worrisome. Two, I love Willie Cauley-Stein. I was just, before show, I was mentioning, like, I watch a lot of Kings, just how, you know, my league pass works out there. I'm in mountain time. You know, a lot of the East Coasters go to bed, but I got a lot of Kings, a lot of Lakers. I, I really like Willie Colleystein Stein. I think he's a good player. Um, I think he's still finding his feet, but he can do a lot of things in the NBA that you want a big to do. And that's the other thing is like, I'm not sure I'd rather have Aiden than Doncic or Trey or some of the other guys they are coming back on the perimeter, so I don't really know if I want to move Willie to draft a big when I already have a big that I like.
2: Well, here this is this is my reasoning for it, right? So we, I, I feel like at this point was it year three, almost year four for Willie Cauley Stein, where I know what I'm getting, like. You see, you know, spark sparkles of like higher potential, but I think even once he gets to that potential that you're seeing on a consistent basis, it's nothing crazy. It's nothing that changes your franchise around. It's not something that you can actually build around. Now, at the same time, like you said, you don't know what you're going to get back in a guy like Jabari Parker, who's had two uh, it was an ACL repairs in the last three years. So of course, you're not going to know the type of player that he is, but you know what he can be when he's healthy. And I think what he is when he's healthy is a franchise-setting player. Like, he, he's an, arguably a number two, or arguably a number one, but definitely a number two on your team if you're trying to build around that type of player. Uh, he can play the three and the four. The Kings definitely need a wing-type player. I think you are right when you said, you know, he's a four in this NBA. But he's so quick. The ability to knock down a jump shot and he, he just kind of reminds me of a poor man's Carmelo Anthony. And, I, and and honestly, he can even make his way up to that point if he started knocking down a jump shot more consistently. But still, I really, really like Jabari Parker. And that's why I said the Kings should do the deal, because you got to risk it to get the biscuit. You're not building for now, you're building for later. And if Jabari Parker can take you over the edge, I think you should do it.
1: Plus, okay. the Kings got Harry Giles. Let, let, me, let me throw this at you, too. Well, we also don't know about Charles. Like, what's going on with that guy? I, you know. But okay, before let me throw this out. Willie Cauley Stein moves his feet. Top five of any big, any any five in the NBA, in my opinion. Like coming off a screen, plays great defense. I know not consistently, but I think effort is also a reflection of team direction. And if the team is not playing well, your player guys aren't going to give that maximum effort. Since Jaeger put Cauley Stein back. In the starting lineup on january 6th 11 games since then the kings have a net rating of plus 0.3 with him on the floor and minus 17.1 with him off the floor i think this guy is a different difference maker and like i'm not trying to like i know you watch the kings i know the effort hasn't been there but i just i feel like guys can't be judged on how they play in Sacramento, which sounds harsh, but it has been such a wasteland the last 10 years. You're just not getting who guys really are while they're there. And I, I think all of the things that he can do is, is, is someone that you can build around no matter who else you bring in. And from the Bucs side, which we haven't really discussed the Bucs side here, is like, do they want to move Parker for Willie Cauley-Stein? when I think you have to look deep to appreciate him and they already, you know, have invested in Thon McCare, they have a bunch of money tied tied into John Henson, so I think there's another aspect there as well. Well,
2: see, this is, this is my thoughts on the Bucks side, which is they need a big, like I, I thought the hashtag free John Henson, I was all on that train, but now that I've seen him as a starter, I'm kind of understanding of why they made him come off the bench. He's not consistent, whether that be offensively or defensively. He's just kind of a big body that knows how to swing his body around, but I think they need a player like Willie Cauley-Stein that can run the floor with their young guys, especially next to Giannis Antetokounmpo, can jump and grab the ball, and then what Willie is proving he can do is knock down a mid-range jump shot and he's a capable passer when instincts take over and I think that's why he fits that roster I think Garrett Temple in this deal is a great locker room guy I feel like ever since the Bucks lost their veteran Jared Dudley they've been kind of looking for that veteran voice in the locker room and I think Garrett Temple could be fit that role perfectly especially on just a one-year deal so that's kind of why I thought that they would move in that direction and even more so now because that they fired Jason Kidd and now the the, the the locker room is probably up in. a... am not saying it's in, in 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 disarray, but I'm just saying they could use a leader right now that can step in, and say, hey, you know what, let's just push through this because we might not even make the playoffs this year, even how good how good of a talent that we have. So that's why I think they would probably move into that deal. But again, it's all it's all just I wish that would happen. And plus, I'm a huge Jabari Parker fan. Like I don't know if you can tell <laughs> in my voice, I think Jabari Parker is one of is one of the I'd say top 15 best young players. In the game right now. And I'm, I'm moving him down out of the top 10. Just because he had the two ACL tears in the last you know three years.
1: And you have to man, take that consideration. You've you got to be one of the biggest Jabari Parker fans I've ever talked to. Because even Bucks fans were like banging on him for like poor defense last year. And the jump shot is, you know, comes and goes. And, like, I mean, he's a better athlete than Melo. He gets compared to Melo a lot. I mean, he was before the second ACL. We'll see. He was a better athlete. I mean, the man can get up. But he, he wasn't the natural scorer. He doesn't have the post moves. He doesn't have the shakes that Melo had. He doesn't have the jumper Melo had. But, like, yeah, Jabari could be a good player. I, like, don't get me wrong. It's just there's just so many questions here. And this is the kind of deal where, like, when you are trading for someone who's had these kind of injuries in a three-year span and you're not seeing them work out every day, you're not seeing them in-house, I think the team trading for a guy like that is more likely to get burned.
2: Let's move on now to this George Hill for Iman Shumpert, Channing Frye in a second rounder, right? First, it was on the one yard line. Now we're hearing it's far apart. They, I mean, from everything that I'm looking over at this roster, the Kings are interested in doing this deal. They've been interested in Imon Schumper for a long time, so it doesn't surprise me that they're looking to get him in a package. Uh, you know, they, they have to either waive a player or trade for an, trade another player to clear the roster spot. I still think, in my opinion, it's going to be waving Yorgos Papianis, but we'll see if that, that's the case. Do you think this deal is going to happen before the February trade deadline?
1: I do think it's going to happen. The Kings just don't seem to want to have Hill there. Like, that's the vibe I've got. Hill doesn't seem to be happy there. I think both, you know, both both sides are really fooling themselves with what the situation was coming in. Um, to get Amon, Amon Shumpert and Channing Fry back for like what who uh, free agent that you, you know, kind of prized in the offseason sucks. I mean, it's a sucky package to get back for a guy that you thought could maybe be a cornerstone for your team the next few years and really help the locker room and whatever else expectations they had for Hill. So I think that kind of sucks. But, you know, that said, if that's what they got to do, that's what they got to do. What would be a very crappy um, element for this uh, on the Kings side is, what, like you said, they're going to have to give up somebody else. And if they ended up waiving a lottery pick, if they ended up including a first-rounder, um, going back and like whether that's Scal or somebody else going back to Cleveland, I think that's where they're going to get dinged on because like once again they're bringing talent in house that they're you know they're they're losing, they're drafting guys in the first round, they're doing nothing with them, and they're moving on to somewhere else. And I just think Sacramento should be fighting very very hard to lose that um, reputation. Yeah, I,
2: I I I don't see them trading away Scalabies here. I, I just, it just wouldn't make any sense to me to see that happen. I do think a Malachi-Richardson deal would, would be something in that package, but I, I just don't see them doing that right now unless they're going to get a first-round pick in return. And maybe Cleveland's willing to offer their first-round pick, but then that takes them out of the running of making any blockbuster deals because they have to choose between whether they're to, they're going to trade away their pick or the Brooklyn pick because they can't trade both in this year. Um uh, Former King Demarcus Cousins just went down with a ruptured Achilles two nights ago. My heart was, my my stomach just like, just felt like it was gut punched, right? And so I'm looking over this roster, and I'm like, okay, they're currently what one game out of the four, fifth seed, fourth seed. They're 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 looking to make a strong playoff push here. They're playing some good basketball. Now they lose Demarcus Cousins. What are they gonna do, Josh? I have a trade just for you. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah, you like how that rhymed? All right, here we go. Yeah. I have. You're giving up Omer Oshik, who you've been hoping to get off your roster for a long time, but you have to package him with the New Orleans first-round pick this year for Trevor Booker and Justin Anderson of the Philadelphia 76ers. Go.
1: Maybe. Um, I'm trying to think, like, how much does Philadelphia like Trevor Booker? Because, I mean, they just picked him up. They they have their own thing with, like, Rashawn Holmes, where obviously they don't have the faith in Rashawn Holmes that – you know, a lot of Twitter does. Amir Johnson still finding a way in and out of that rotation. I mean, you'd love to get if you can if you can unload a chick, Then, <laughs> I mean, that's that's a dream come true. But are you really excited by either of Booker or Anderson? And does that help you? I almost feel like as much as it would be good to get Booker and another another big to play alongside Davis, they kind of need a three badly like they they and I don't, I don't know if and anderson's a two he's what six five i got to see a little bit of him in dallas i mean he, he's a decent defensive player but he doesn't do much on offense i'm not really sure he, he's someone you want to give 20 plus minutes a game they could really use a bigger body out on the wing the drew jameer nelson rondo darius miller uh more you know they're running a lot of guards out there and it's worked i mean they're playing good basketball with boogie gone they're giving up some some size inside, regardless. I'd really like to see them if they're going to move that pick, get a small forward from somebody.
2: Yeah, I just don't know where that's going to be. Like the other thing I thought of was trying to find a way for New Orleans to to put a package together for Kelly Oubre, just because I don't I don't think the Wizards are going to pay him this summer, so they may be looking to trade him during before before the deadline because they might not get anything back for him. So that's something – and that's also a deal that I think the Kings should try and go after in some type of way. And I, I spoke about it in the last week's show. I don't remember what the exact package was, but I know it was like Garrett Temple and something else for for Kelly Oubre. Um, but, I, again, I don't think that's going to happen. But still, I think Pelicans should go after Oubre. That was the point of that whole sentence.
1: <laughs> me too. I, you know what? I, I really like Kelly Oubre. Last year, when people were starting to talk about him, I didn't like him. I thought he was overrated. There was all this talk that he was going to like – expose isaiah thomas if he got st- stuck on him in the playoffs and he did nothing i mean he wasn't ready but this year he's you know he's really made some strides um he's athletic he's got some bounce um run the floor he's hitting the three at almost 40 percent you know really coming into his own there and you can't just you know say it's john wall because john wall hasn't been john wall i mean it's not the auto porter thing where last year you know when wall was on he shot a certain percent when he's off he shot a certain percent no, ubre has been playing good, and actually, to the point earlier this year, like a month ago, I think I threw out an Ubre a couple firsts, and something else for, for a boogie deal. If New Orleans felt like it wasn't going to happen, like I really, really believe in Uber, I think he'd be a great piece. But if I'm Washington, I, I don't know what I'm giving up for on New Orleans at this point. Like I think if we see it, they see it, and I, I don't think there's anything there right now that could get it. I was thinking more someone along the lines of like a Wilson Chandler. I know the, oh, that's a good one. The Nuggets have like been lukewarm on him and up and down, and that relationship is what it is. I, I don't know if they want to help out New Orleans because they're both kind of in that same playoff hunt. But like someone like that, like a veteran who come in, play right away, play some three, four, actually give them some size out on the perimeter, and and wouldn't cost a fortune, kind of deal.
2: I wonder. I wonder if if he comes back in time before, you know, before that February eighth time period. But if Rudy Gay would be available. Just because I can see them going after him, I believe he's only on a one-year deal. Like that would be someone that I think they can go after on a one-year deal. He hasn't really got to show much. He's had what something like called Brutus tendonitis in his heel or in his Achilles. So I mean, you haven't really seen much of him, but he's played with cousins before. Although there's been rumors that 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 team didn't really work out together, although the season before Rondo got there, it was just fine, so you can read into that however you want to, but I just feel he is someone that can step in, veteran, knows that he wants to make the playoff during the twilight end of his career, and he could potentially fit this team, because it's currently the fifth, fourth seed right now, and also, I figured out my trade for uh, the Kings to get Kelly Oubre, trade away, Get for, uh, uh, Wizards give up Kelly Oubre and Iman Mihini, give up Garrett Temple and Costa Kufis. Bam. Veterans expiring deals helps them clear cap space. I'll
1: no even, way. I'll
2: throw in a no second, way, I'll man. throw I'll throw in a second round pick.
1: Get, no, it's not, get not it not done. Even, I don't I don't even think it's in the same stratosphere. Get they're, it they're done. They're not looking. T- they're they're stuck. They're locked into what they have, and as much as they don't want to play Kelly, pay Kelly Ubray, they will, and they'll pay tax because they have no options to add anyone else. That's, like, what, like, I, that's I what this deal does. Like, you you offload Mahimi and you save some cap space, but you still mm-hmm. got Gortat who stinks and isn't motivated and wants out and isn't playing well. You've got Wall in the mega deal. You've got Beal and Porter who've got paid. I, I don't think they're offloading the most promising young piece on a little deal when they could write out a QO or case scenario next year.
2: All right, time time's running down a little bit. I know I don't want to keep you here for too long, but but uh, you know, let, let's talk about some injury news that just recently happened. What was your thoughts, just you know, initial thoughts on the DeMarcus Cousins injury? Do you think the Pelicans are gonna be able to last and hold on to their playoff spot?
1: It sucks. I mean, it really sucks for them. It, it, I think a lot of us wanted them to succeed because they were so not traditional. They're gone away from what everyone else in the NBA has got away from. You know, the three guard sets in in in, in doses and doses and the two bigs and i mean it was really starting to come together like you know for as much criticism as they drew early on it was really starting to come together anthony davis is obviously phenomenal boogie was doing his thing and i wanted to see boogie and davis play some playoff basketball but i mean it's pretty hard it's hard, it's heartbreaking for them it sucks for, for boogie and i mean really that franchise i mean that franchise is one of the you know if things go bad they could always they're always in danger of relocation And, you know, Davis is getting traded in fake trades, you know, in the time that I've been answering this question, he's been traded by Boston fans for Terry (laughs) Rozier and Aaron Bain 17 times. So, I I mean, it sucks because if Boogie, if they miss the playoffs and Boogie, for whatever reason, feels like that's not okay and he jets, then they're in trouble. Or if they don't make a move now that Boogie went down and they missed the playoffs, maybe Davis is upset and pushing for a trade in a year or two. And it just Things if they make the playoffs this year, like you said, they're a game out of fifth. Um, They were three games out of third. The Spurs are struggling. Kawhi's not, you know, coming back anytime soon. This isn't just a team that could have snuck in. I mean, they potentially could have won a round or two. Like, you know, if you get Houston in the second round, I think that would have been a really, really good series. I think they could have beat a lot of the teams that were coming in the back end if they did climb up to the three, four seed. So it's just sad from that perspective of this franchise could really be altered. Long term from this one injury.
2: Uh, Last night, Andre Roberson of the Oklahoma City Thunder will now undergo season-ending surgery. How big of a hit is that to the Thunder?
1: It's huge. Um, This is like kind of hot takey, but I think that's more significant to the playoffs um, than the boogie injury. If you're a fan hoping that the empire falls, because I I really felt that the Oklahoma City Thunder were the best. Uh, matchup on paper against Golden State, like the length of Robertson, George, and Westbrook out on that perimeter, you know, being able to switch off, really challenge that team, challenge Clay and Durant, get out, make things difficult for them, is something that a lot of teams don't have. Um, and I don't you know, have the numbers in front of me, but they, they were, there's some stat that Royce Young was thrown around that they went from like the worst defense, the starting unit was the worst starting five defensively in the NBA without Robertson, but when Robertson was there, he they were the best starting five defensively. So I don't know what the exact numbers are, if that's exactly right, but you get the point that he was a huge impact player for them. And I think with him gone now, you're going to rely on a rookie in Terrence Ferguson. You're going to rely on Carmelo Anthony to play defense, in, and you don't want to rely on either of those guys, to play defense against the Warriors um, and dig in their heels at that end. So I think it really, really sucks. It potentially lessens what could have been a really interesting series, uh, with the rivalry, the narrative there, and then obviously the ability to play them hard. I think now, if you're if you're rooting against Golden State, you got to look at Houston. Just hope that Chris Paul and James Harden can outshell them.
2: Uh, last one. Surprised or not surprised? Mike Conley out for the season.
1: Okay, not surprised. And um, <laughs> one, he was dragging his feet, and this kind of felt like, what is he coming back for? For a while. You know, the Grizzlies falling apart. The, the coach got fired. Marcus Gasol is not happy. Tyreek Evans is, you know, having a resurgent year on a crap team. They're going through wings in the rotation like it's nobody's business. I mean, there's no reason for him to come back, but actually, a smaller account, Coops Hoop SZN, reported like 12 days ago sources Mike Conley's getting shut down for the year, and everybody laughed him off because he was an unknown uh, kid. A kid, yeah, an unknown with like 65 followers. But I. Believed him, and I I tend to believe you know a lot of the middling media accounts you know local radio whatever will claim to have scoops to like boost their own ego and persona and whatever and, and a lot of the time that's BS but I think you know a lot of the no-name accounts that are less known they have no reason to you know they're not catering to anybody yet and so I, I, you know I believed him and it came through and you know now he's out so it sucks for the Grizzlies I think that's another team where that franchise is in big trouble down the line, but yeah, not surprised.
2: You, you just answered your own question. Like they had no one to you know answer to on why a small little account would do that. But you just gave him a shout out. You gave the Twitter handle. Bam, he's about <laughs> yeah. to become famous here on the King's Court. You're <laughs> welcome. Uh, man you know credit where credit's due right exactly gotta give credit where credit is due all right guys that was my time with josh everly of hoop mag josh thank you so much for joining us here today here on the king's court before i let you go where can the fans find you online
1: yeah i'm uh at josh everly on twitter on facebook hit me up uh we got my own little podcast going uh, hot takes and shot fakes. We drop a new episode every Tuesday night. Um, I'm sorry that we couldn't make love in, in a fake trade arrangement, but we, we we have time. I mean, there's still another couple weeks to the deadline, so maybe we can work it out.
2: I'm yeah. just sitting there. Think about it. Kelly Oubre, Iman Mahini for Garrett Temple, Costa Kufis <laughs> in a second. Let it simmer. Let it simmer. It'll work out. <laughs> On the second half of this show, guys, we're going to be going over Kings Week, and I'll be answering all of your basketball all of your king's questions at the end of the show all right guys and that'll be after the break so enjoy all of these fun commercials from our sponsors
0: are you an avid dfs player maybe you're new to the fantasy world and you want help on the game no matter your level, FanCaveDFS.com has all the information you need to get a leg up on the competition and start winning big money today. Become a premium member at FanCave DFS and gain exclusive access to pro charts, open forums between you and FanCave's pro riders, and so much more. Become a premium member now and let FanCaveDFS.com help make you a winner. Hey friends, it's Joe Borelli from the Superflight NBA podcast here. If you're looking for some NBA news that's a little off the beaten path, you might want to check out the Superflight. I have great guests from around the league to talk about all the latest NBA topics. But if you're craving some art, music, and general existential nonsense as well, I got you covered there too. Check out the Superflame podcast on iTunes or anywhere you download your podcasts. Or go to ABPN and subscribe. And thanks for tuning in. Now back to your
2: show. Alright, and we're back from commercial break. Big shout out to Josh Eberle of HoopMag.com for joining me this week here on the King's Court. Um, Unfortunately, no Joe again. No Joe for the second half of the show. This guy is going out to Disneyland with his family. Shout out to Joe. Uh, Hope you're having fun out there in Disneyland. But yeah, no Joe this week uh, for what is now going to be the second half of every show, which is the King's Week segment so it's time for all of us to hop in the DeLorean give the people what they want and make our prediction because yep I just said it it's Kings week time give the people what they want back to the future and here we go all right guys there is a three game week this week for the Sacramento Kings and the first game comes on Tuesday January 30th where the Sacramento Kings take on a Demarcus cousins list New Orleans Pelicans team very unfortunate the injury about DeMarcus Cousins I I remember I was just watching that game and then seeing him go down they even did that little reaction to his face when they did the replay they looked at his face and he tried to stand back up and he know he knew he couldn't do it he just laid there flat that was such a hard sight to see I don't care if you were a DeMarcus Cousins fan when he was here in Sacramento or anything like that when he was here he was a big part of Sacramento. The 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 charities that he did, you know, the, the the boogie cousin Santa, the 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 workouts that he, the little clinics that he did with kids around the area. This guy was all about Sacramento while he was here. So maybe you didn't like him as a player, the aggression that he brought to the game, but you have to just shake your head and just know that this skill was there, and you don't know who he's gonna be when he gets back because this is arguably the hardest injury an NBA player has to come back from on what was a career year for cousins it was his first time ever potentially making the playoffs and a decent seed for the pelicans and also a free agent year and it was also his first time ever being an all-star starter I mean that's it's it's just a poo-poo salad no matter which way you toss it <laughs> and and so I I I laugh because the way I just said that was kind of funny. It just threw me off guard the way I even came up with that. But it's it's an unfortunate injury for DeMarcus Cousins. I wish him nothing but the best in his recovery. But now we look at the matchup here. And the, the Pelicans, before that injury, they were playing some really good basketball. I mean, they were playing defensively, and they weren't finishing games, so I definitely think that if the game is close in that fourth quarter, it's going to come down to who can just start making shots. I'm really interested to see how this Pelicans team rebounds after having no cousins. I believe they played one game since, and they took a W, but I don't necessarily remember. I think it was against the, what was it, Charlotte or something like that, so it wasn't like a, a an up pace like, real big game, and I'm not saying this game is going to be that, but the Kings would find ways to just be demolished by one player, which was DeMarcus Cousins. And I think every time the Pelicans came to Sacramento, it was let Cousins do what he wants to do against his former team. Now it's going to be the Anthony Davis show. I think what you're going to have to do is the King, The Kings are going to have to do is just really show on a lot of those screens, roll hard with Anthony Davis if he rolls. And it's going to be a Willie Cauley-Stein versus Anthony Davis matchup. But unfortunately... That's also not going to be the case because Willie Cole Stein has been diagnosed with a bone bruise in his right knee after colliding with Hassan Whiteside. He's already missed one game. He's uh, projected to already miss another. Are expected to already miss another, and then he's going to be reevaluated. So the the extended time he may miss may continue on to the later latter half of this week. Hopefully that does not happen, but I do think that there's potential to see that happen just because. You know, the Kings aren't rushing to get him back. They would love to have him out there, but there's no rush to get him back if he's not 100% or he doesn't feel comfortable on that knee. But yeah, he has a bum bruise. He's out for this game. uh, I would lead into questionable into this game with that shoulder injury that's been kind of bothering him for a couple of weeks now. We keep seeing him with those straps on his back uh, and around his arm. So that he's, he'll be questionable for that matchup. If he does play, definitely a must play, a Fanduel play of the night. I mean, he's like less than $5,000 at this point on FanDuel. So he'll be your uh, FanDuel play of the night. And just so you guys know, all these picks for your DFS is brought to you by FanCaveDFS.com. Become a FanCaveDFS DFS member right now, and you'll start winning real money today with their Pro Charts, live Q&A with writer Conversations. So go ahead, FanCaveDFS.com, become a premium member today, and start winning money. So yeah. Fandle, play of the night, is going to be Scalabi here if he plays. If he does not play, it's hard to choose any Kings players in this matchup. It just, it just doesn't look like there's a good matchup for them. I was going to say, you know, look at the matchup between Drew Holiday and De'Aaron Fox or Rondo and De'Aaron Fox, but that backcourt's actually been good. Like, Drew Holiday has been quietly really good. Like, if you're not watching the Pelicans, you do not know how good Drew Holiday has been this season. It's hard for you to know how good Drew Holiday has been this season, but... Being that third option, that third, that second ball handler to DeMarcus Cousins has really worked out for him, and it's gonna be interesting to see now that he's gonna have more control. He may be a FanDuel play of the night for for the Pelicans side. Him and Anthony Davis, because you have to play Anthony Davis, especially if there's no Willie Cauley Stein. With that all being said, I do think that the Sacramento Kings take an L on this one. I think it's going to be a lot closer than most people expect. It could come down to the fourth quarter. And like I said, it, it it'll be between who can make shots and who can't. Who's going to get those turnovers? And who's not like they it's just, it's just going to come down to those little little bit of things. But again, when I see a team that has Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday on it, I'm going to take that over a young developing team with De'Aaron Fox. It may be like a Vince Carter or Zach Randolph where the veteranship is there. But the skill level, the talent that's already, you know, been groomed at this point, I think is going to exceed the developing young talent that is De'Aaron Fox, who had the, one of the best you know, put-back dumps I've seen for a game winner in a long time, and especially for the Kings. I don't even know if the Kings have ever had a put-back dunk game winner like that. I mean, first off, it's in Miami, where they haven't won in forever. Then they did not only that, it, it was just, be- like, I didn't expect it. I saw them on the, was the weak side when Bogdan was driving, and then I just kind of, like, just thought, okay, the game was over after Bogdan shot it and missed. And then flying through the sky, the air in Fox for the win. It was nice. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Next game comes on Friday. The first half of a back-to-back against, across the bridge, Golden State Warriors. Um, I don't think I really need to talk much about this game or much about this matchup. Mainly just due to the fact that it's the Golden State Warriors. Right? So I mean yeah, that's I, I mean, I'm not trying to say that the game is over, but it pretty much is over as soon as that ball tips off. I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, the Golden State Warriors tipped the ball off as the number 1 offensive efficiency rating team in the NBA. You flip that over defensively, they're the 5th best defensive efficiency rated team in the NBA, but there's one thing that the Kings can hopefully put their hat on and say, you know what, I'm going to keep it close for this reason and this reason alone, and this stat is going to be our Whodad Stat of the Week. Hello.
0: Who is it? I want to play game. You play to win the game. Not a game, not a game. Hello. You have to know these things when you're a King you know.
2: All right, like I said, this stat is going to hopefully is what's going to keep the Kings close in this matchup against the number one offensive efficiency rated team in the NBA and the fifth best defensive efficiency rated team in the NBA. And do you want to know what that that stat is? And that's the turnover stat. Right now, the Golden State Warriors are tied for 27th in the NBA with turnovers per per game at 14.1. That is just the fourth worst in the nba right now the only ones that are underneath them are the pelicans with kings play on monday the miami heat who the kings just recently beat and the philadelphia 76ers the sacramento kings have actually kept the ball under control only turning the ball over 13.4 times per game that's about like middle of the pack tied for 15th with cleveland and orlando But again if the kings can capitalize on turnovers that is what's going to capitalize them to our catapult them to a victory against the Golden State Warriors. Can it happen? It's a possibility. Do I see it happening? Not really. But I will say this. This is my, this is going to be my matchup of the game, and I think this may not surprise most of you, but it may be like, oh, that, that actually is a good matchup. And that's going to be Bogdan Bogdanovich against Klay Thompson. I just... I don't see a lot of resemblance in their game. I think a lot of people look at Bogdanovich and say, hmm, he's kind of more like a CJ McCollum type, but like maybe a better passer. I've heard some people compare him to Manu, and I think that's just a European thing. I do like the CJ McCollum comparison. Anyways, I look at it, and I'm like, you know what? A sharpshooter, gives effort defensively. This is a good match. This is the type of player that you would hope... Bogdan can mold into because I think Klay Thompson is a really good player that kind of gets overlooked now that the, the Draymond G- Green because how big of a voice he has, Kevin Durant because of the talent that he has, and of course, Steph, of course Steph Curry because of you know the three pointers. So I mean you kind of overlook Clay at this point because they've won championships and they've done all these things as a franchise now, but he is such a good player and I think he's a player that Bogdan should try to mold his game after now again maybe their games aren't 100% similar but because Bogdan I think is a better passer at this point but I think there's lots of parts of Klay Thompson's game that Bogdanovich should try to you know uh Mold, like just kind of build off of defensively, I think is one where he needs to be defensively, where to set up his shot, and just honestly the the free will to just shoot any basketball that any any basket that comes uh into his hands. So anytime he has an open look, just take it. I don't care how deep it is. Bogdan's that good of a shooter. I don't care how deep it is. So that's gonna be my matchup of the night. Of course, my play of the night is going to be Steph Curry. I just think the Kings guarding guarding the point guard position has been a problem for the Kings. Now, yes, De'Aaron Fox has been showing the effort, and maybe the numbers will turn that over. But as of right now, the Kings, I believe, are the fifth worst in the NBA at defending the point guard position. That's not going to be good when you're guarding a guy like Steph Curry. Now, if, let's say, you know what, I don't feel comfortable playing Curry because De'Aaron Fox is here, who else should I play? Next person I'm going up with is, is Kevin Durant. Now, the money, again, is expensive on these FanDuel lineups, on these DFS lineups. But, again, big, big numbers from guys that can just score buckets in a hurry. Durant is, I believe, leading the league or top three in the league in blocks right now. So got their the defensive stats are crazy to get. If you can get steals and blocks, that's an extra three points each time. The fact that they can knock down three-point shots, that's automatic three points each time. They can dunk. They can score. These guys are phenomenal. Curry, Durant, those are my two if you want to float. I don't think you should play them together. But you choose which one do you think is going to go off on the night. I think that one is going to be uh, that either one of them have the potential of making your lineup a, a, a true winner. This last game coming up this week comes on Saturday against the Dallas Mavericks where we see Dennis Smith Jr. versus De'Aaron Fox. And because it's this matchup, and I got to watch it in Summer League, we watched it earlier in the year, it's one of my favorite matchups. I I think these are two really young point guards that are going to be so fun to watch in the future of the NBA. That's why I want to make this our Game of the Week.
0: Have anyone freak out, out there, okay?
2: We've Got to keep our composure. The Dallas Mavericks enter this matchup ranked as the 7th worst offensive efficiency team in the NBA and the 21st defensive efficiency team in the NBA. Again, you look at this matchup, I think you already know what you're getting from both sides. The scary thing about this game, however, is that the Dallas Mavericks have signs of being good. Like They're not a good team. They're not making the playoffs, unfortunately. I know that's what they keep trying to do with Dirk and trying to make his his career end by him at least going to the playoffs one more time. It's not going to happen, at least not this year with this team. And I don't know if Dirk's going to retire after this year, but if he does, hopefully he he decides, you know what? I know I said I was going to be with the Mavs forever, but I want to go for one more ship. Hopefully that happens. He already got one, though, so maybe he doesn't need to. Anyways, this Dallas Mavericks team has shown signs of being good, like really good. And that's going to be a problem for the Kings. However, however, being ranked the 21st defensive team in the league, and I know the Kings are ranked dead last right now, but being the 21st ranked defensive team in the league, the difference between the two is not that far apart. So this could be potentially a high-scoring game in this one if the guys can start getting it going. Offensively, both teams are not that great. I mean, being ranked 17th is not that great of an offensive team. However, they have guys like Harrison Barnes, Wes Matthews, Dennis Smith Jr., J.J. Barea, and of course, Dark Nowitzki. That can put up buckets in a hurry if you give them too many open looks. So it's going to come down to defense. The 21st ranked against the Dead last. And as of right now, I'm leaning towards Sacramento. I think Sacramento can pull this off, especially if they get healthy. I love this matchup for Scal and Willie. I think just between the two of them to be able to play as a tandem down low, Against guys like Dirk, Scalon Dirk, and then guarding either what, what, be a Dwight Powell or Solomon Medri. I think he's or even. there's. I'm trying to see if Nurlands Noel is ever going to play this year. It doesn't look like it. And if he does, I think he's going to be traded regardless. And he doesn't even see that many minutes. But there's Max Keebler, who's been an interesting player that if you haven't really kept your eye on the Mavericks, you probably don't even know who that name is. But Max Keebler has been getting minutes. And at times, even starting and putting up decent numbers. Again, I think this is going to be a matchup where Willie and Scal both of them together can put up some big numbers, and I think they're going. to The Kings are going to need them to if they're going to want to win this game. So for me, the Fanduel plays of the night are going to be Willie and Scal together. I think them two as a tandem are going to put up big numbers, low ownership on this type of night. Put them in your lineup. Um, my matchup of the game the game is going to be Scal versus Dirk. I think. The two of them, well, their play styles are different, right? Like Dirk is a superstar, Scal is a rising player who we don't really know where he's at right now in his development because he's so – he's pretty much inconsistent both on the defensive end and offensive end of the floor, but he keeps showing signs of this big potential that you can't really, you know, you can't really let him go. You can't stop polishing him to see what he can be, and I think – playing him against a guy like Dirk, he'll learn things, he'll see what he can do, and plus, Dirk is not that great defensively, so he'll be able to get points, and that when, when Scal gets engaged into a game, you see him play at a different level. And I think you could say that with all types of bigs. That's why you like to hear like older point guards say, you know what, I'm going to get my big man in early so he knows, like, hey, you you need to be involved. You need to be involved. You need to keep giving that effort. I think that's what they're starting to do with Scal, starting to do with Willie. They're really running you know, that two big man set, and it's starting to work for the Kings a little bit. They're starting to build what they are. I'm liking it. The ball movement's getting a lot better. That's why you're, I think you're seeing them stay in games like they did against San Antonio. So, Again, I I would lean towards the Kings winning this one, and this is the only game I actually feel they're going to win. So I say the Kings go one in three or one and two on this three game slate. And that is my oh match of the day is of course De'Aaron Fox versus Dennis Smith Jr. I, just so I had to say that. Just so you guys know. And that's the Kings Week segment. Now I did say I was going to take fan questions, and with that you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and do the best I can. We're running a little sh- short on time here, so I, I'm probably not gonna get all through all of the questions, but I'm definitely gonna 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 try and get through it here. RJ Wavy RJ on Twitter says, "Do we make a trade for Stanley Johnson and Max Jabari, and try to Max Jabari?" Now I'm all about Max and Jabari. I think you should go after Jabari Parker. I mean, you guys heard it in the front of the show. I had Josh Eberle on. He doesn't like the deal. He doesn't like my deal. I think trading Willie Cauley Stein and Garrett Temple to the Bucks is a smart move and a risk you you should be willing to take to get a guy like Jabari Parker because when healthy, you know what you're getting. Like he said, oh, you know, Bucks fans didn't really like didn't really like Jabari Parker because of the shots hit or miss, and he constantly defensively he's here or there. And you know, he's compared to Melo, he might be compared to Rudy Gay at this point. Honestly, the player that he is is such a big step in the right direction to me, he's a 3-4, he's so fast, he's athletic, and when the jump shot's going, it's going, I'm all about maxing Jabari Parker, now let's say the Bucks don't do it, and maybe it's smart for the the Kings to wait, they have a little bit of cap space, why not max out Jabari Parker in the offseason, especially if they can trade away George Hill, and that's, that, that's going to be a be, big key piece, right? Because to clear the Cavs space, to max out Jabari Parker, they're going to need to get off of George Hill's money, which is potentially going to happen in a Cavs deal. We'll see. February 8th is right around the corner. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. or MVB3? I, I never figured out who. I, I was thinking Marvin Bagley. Who, or or Michael Porter Jr. Now, if I have to choose between the two, I'm a big Michael Porter Jr. fan. I'm a huge Michael Porter Jr. fan. I said last year in December that I was going to choose De'Aaron Fox. That's who's going to be the next king is. I told Joe this year on the air that the next player that's going to be a king is going to be Michael Porter Jr. Now, I'm standing by that statement. However, I would be okay, and I said it earlier in the show, I would be okay with the Kings trading Willie Cauley-Stein for Jabari Parker and then drafting DeAndre Ayton, who has just been a beast in college, just a just a beast. He's he's been amazing. He has been amazing. Let's see. Aaron Candelaria. Oh, sorry if I butchered your name. Thoughts on the George Hill to the Cavs rumors? You know the, the those rumors are different, right? Like. First, they're on the one yard line, according to Brian Winhorst, and they're talking about it on the Low Post and Zach Lowe's podcast on ESPN. And, you know, it's on the one yard line. It looks like it's about to happen. And then now Cleveland.com is like, oh, yeah, no, they're far apart. I don't see that being true because I do, they just benched Isaiah Thomas in the fourth quarter of, I believe, the game against Detroit. I believe that was that game. So they already benched Isaiah Thomas in the fourth. They want point guard depth. I don't think they trust derrick rose either in cleveland that team is just completely dysfunctional and if it was sacramento doing all this stuff it would be in the in in the room it would be talked about and made fun of or as rachel nichols says as the king's turn her favorite show right but again i i don't i don't see why this deal doesn't go through if cleveland had so much interest in it if brian winhorse is reporting it was on the one yard line the kings have had interest in iman Chumper for such a long time so hearing that he's in this deal doesn't surprise me at all the kings need a small forward. I think Iman Shumper has shown that he can be a ball handler, he can defend 1 through 3 and he he's been you know, he's an experienced player. He's been to the playoffs, he's been to the finals with this Cavs team and he I think I believe he was also even on that one year of good New York's team with Jason Kidd and all of them. He's a decent player. The injuries keep piling up for him. I I do think this deal is going to happen. I think by February 8th this deal it, it has already happened. So I'll say that and I think that is the last question on the show here so I think that's it. I think those are all the questions that I had written down, just those two. I want to thank you guys so much for submitting in your questions. I post those things out every Friday and Saturday before we do these recordings. And then of course when we, we broadcast to you here on Dash Radio on Mondays. Thank you once again to Josh Eberly for joining me again on the first half of the show. Everyone yell at SAC Sports Morgan on Twitter at Joe Morgan or Joe Morgan at sports, sports Morgan on Twitter and say, Hey, where's our tickets to Disneyland? And also how many times did you ride in Magic Mountain? I love it. I love Disneyland. I'm a Disneyland fanatic. Shout out, Joe. All right, guys. I'm Vince Miracle. You guys can follow me on all social media platforms of at VM Center. We have a new rider on SackKingsNation.com. Follow him, Zach Cobbler, on Twitter at WinningJumpShot. Yeah, I want to test him on that. Video chat it, I don't care what it is, my jumpers wet, we'll test each other out, Zach Cobbler, go follow him, he's a new SAC Kings Nation rider, be sure to go to sackkingsnation.com for all of your in-depth coverage of the Sacramento Kings, this show airs every Monday here on Dash Radio, if you're unfortunate and cannot listen, it, listen to the show on Dash Radio and you're listening to the podcast version, continue to help us grow Subscribe, leave a rating, follow us on Twitter, share this show with your friends, your friends' friends, your friends' parents, your friends' mom, your friends' grandma. Share it with everybody. Help us grow. Again, until next time, Sacramento Kings fans, Bye bye